I don't dress the way you like I don't look the way you like But I fight the way I like I don't walk the way you like I don't talk the way you like But I fight the way you like Hello and welcome to that 90s Wrestling Podcast I'm your host James Sunstone And today, special guest He is a former Ring of Honor television champion And he is the leader of Shane Taylor Enterprises He is Shane Taylor How you doing Shane? Good, good, but again Y'all mess up these in- intros. It is not enterprises. It is not productions. It is Shane Taylor promotions. 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 For some reason, I've got promotions written down and in the, in the head, so for some reason it came out. Enterprises? Mm. <laughs> Shane Taylor promotions. We'll make sure we'll establish that. <laughs> so uh, how's your day been anyway? Uh, it's been a good day so far, man. Uh, just kicking back, chilling with the family, watching my baby girl. Um my other one is in school now, so uh, just waiting for her to get to, for her to get back and just loving life. Awesome, and uh, yeah, it's uh, like I said a minute ago, like over here in the UK, it's going crazy. We're just about to go into lockdown, so uh, kids are still going to school, but yeah, it's uh, everything else is upside down at the minute. So again, <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it, it's it's going to be tough. No one really knows what's going on. No one knows uh, what the answer is. Uh, but I definitely don't want to see a situation in which people uh, start to lose, you know, homes, yeah. uh, jobs and things of that sort. So um, something's got to get figured out pretty quick. Hopefully. So I suppose we'll uh, go to the beginning. So your childhood. So I know you had a rough childhood, but that's, I suppose, put some grit into your life and like, you know, built mm-hmm. such a strong character in you. And, uh, you know, you put yourself through business and uh, things like that. So what was it like growing up up in Cleveland? I mean, it's, <laughs> um, it was good, but at the same time, you know, it, it, it does add that grit to you. When you're from Cleveland, you're built differently. Um, yeah. Not just with, with the snow and the ice, but when you talk about uh, drugs, gangs, violence, things of that sort, um, those things, those <laughs> things in your environment, they, they shape you, right? Um, whether that be good or bad, they shape you. Um, yeah. they change your thought process. They change the way you attack things. They change the way you, uh, talk to people. They, it growing up that way gave me a very, very low tolerance for bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> And, and sorry, and sorry to cuss, uh, but that's what it does, right? So when people, when I see people and I talk to them and I look at them and I break them down, like I can tell who's full of it and who's not. I can tell who's lying and who's not. And so I move in a way that is, that lets them know I know they're full of it, right? And that's yeah. what being... Cleveland does it allows you to see through a lot of fakeness and things of that sort so people tend to think that I'm combative or that I'm kind of, I'm confrontational when that's just not the case they are just used to people allowing them to be full of it and I don't yeah. <laughs> no I prefer it myself like just being straightforward with people it's just the way to be and unfortunately not a lot of people's like that these days <laughs> 
Right. And it seems and it makes them seem like it makes me seem like the asshole. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, why would I waste time lying to you or playing this game with you when I can just get straight to the point? Like, why are we doing all this? Come on, man. And uh, I noticed like in your youth, you uh, got into quite a bit of boxing. So I would imagine that was uh, pretty good. And obviously, not just building your toughness up and things like that, but actually, you know, something to what frustrations you had in life, something just to vent out your uh, frustrations, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, gr- growing up fighting, boxing, and things of that, of that sort of always been in our family. You know, my uncles and my dad are all like all army boxers and golden gloves boxers and things of that sort. So growing up, in Cleveland, learning how to fight and fight properly, not just street fight, but really fight, um, was crucial, right? Because yeah. especially with the reputation that we had, again, some good, some not so good. <laughs> but having that reputation, people wanted to test you a lot. And so I never went out to seek problems or confrontation, yeah. but I really wasn't running away from it either. Like, <laughs> yeah. I kind of just said, all right, if this is what you want, then let's get it. You know what I mean? And that's how I, I've transferred that mentality into wrestling, into how I handle business, into everything. Like, if you want to test me, I'm here for it. I suggest you don't. But if you do, (laughs) then it is what it is. And uh, so how did you get into wrestling? Did you... um watch wrestling when you was like growing up as a kid or was it something you discovered a little bit later on no it, it definitely was something that i discovered as a kid like my my dad was into wrestling and we would watch it on tv and he took me back in in ohio there used to be a venue called the richfield coliseum right yeah and the old school wwf would come through and i would get to see guys like Kerry von Erich, texas tornado he was going by at the time warlord the warrior ladies and doom all the guys right and the crazy part about that is, is my dad was really big into bodybuilding at 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 that time excuse me and back then all those guys were jacked to the gills right so yeah. they would go to the local gym where where my dad would train at uh, with a guy by, that, by, by the name of Ron Short. And they would work out. And so my dad would be working out with the Road Warriors and working out with all these guys. And I used to be there just rolling weights around, you know what I mean? But yeah. to see them doing that kind of stuff and lifting, and I'm talking ungodly amounts of weight, like especially now that I know what that training is, yeah. I'm talking about, for those that have no idea, Take the bar. It's a 45-pound bar. Sometimes I think they were probably using Olympic bars, which are like 100 pounds. Filling it with 45s. And I mean to the point where, like, the clips were barely on there. You're just holding there. And then having people sit on top of the weight. Like some spotters. You've got other people. And I'm just sitting to myself, like, now that I think think about it, even in this line of work, be that damn strong like there's nothing like bro what are you, what are you doing like it's, it's it's so ridiculous but to just see that was awe-inspiring they were like superhumans you know what i mean and then watching i think the moment that really told me like okay this is what i want to do is watching ron simmons beat vader and become world champion and yeah. for me and and again 
being an African-American male in this sport, you are told and you are shown throughout the years that there's really only certain spots for you. Right. There's certain ways that people want to market you. There are only certain ways that people understand when they see you. And Ron was one of the first people to sort of break that mold to go, no, I don't have to be this. I don't have to be that. I can be just a badass dude who works, who works his ass off and I can top guy. And seeing that for one of the first times ever in my life on TV was like, oh, wow. Like, so I don't have to be a pimp or a drug dealer or come out with a bird or do any of the crazy stuff. And, and again, no disrespect to anybody. I'm, I'm just talking about being straightforward. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can just be a great athlete. Yeah. And I, I can be successful. So that was, that's when I knew, like, all right, I, that, I, that I can do. Cool. On the guy you trained with him, he trained we know him as the war raiders uh what was he like to train with he seems like a genuine guy pretty nice guy he ray Rowe was one of the realest people you, you'll ever meet um yeah. and he's also one of the people that is a straight shooter he will tell you exactly what he needs to tell you he doesn't really care if it hurts your feelings because this <laughs> is what you need to know this is what he need needs to tell you and a lot of times you know, like he'll he'll know he knows me probably better than anybody outside of people that gave birth to me. You know what I mean? Like he knows me and knows when he has to tell me things that's going to spark a fire in me. And he yeah. also knows it's going to piss me off. But he's willing to deal with that because he knows what I can achieve when I'm pissed off. Right. So it's like. It's like a missile, right? Like if you guide it in the right direction, it's going to be destructive, but it's going to get the job done, right? So he's just like, all right, here we go. You know what I mean? So, but then I realize what he's doing and, you know, uh, he's the best. He's the best. Awesome. And uh, you worked on the Indies and um, I was going through like all your match records, like for the Indies. And one of the guys you came up against quite a few times was uh, Superfly Jimmy Snooker. Uh, what was it like getting in the ring with him? And what was it like back back scenes and things like that? It was surreal, like because yeah. you grow up and you're watching these guys on TV, right? Yeah. So you see them one way, and then you meet them, and very few guys live up to that aura, live up to that um, that image that you had of them in your mind for whatever reason. But yeah. Jimmy's one of those guys where like. I had to sit back and think, like, yo, this is my life right now. I'm about to get in the ring with Jimmy Snooker. This is wild. You know what I mean? But yeah. he was he was as cool as you think he was. Like, he was just, hey, no, brother, it's all good. Your brother, no, no, no. Like, it, it was exactly how you think he would be is how he was. So it was like, man, this is crazy. So so that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. And uh, you met way over to the uh, NWA as well, which uh... – they were doing okay before COVID. They had NWA power, and I get along with a few of the guys over there. Who's uh, I interviewed Nick Aldis recently, Trevor Murdoch, and a few of the guys. Uh, good guys. Uh, what was it like working in the NWA? And obviously, during that time, you met with uh, Keith Lee as well. So, did you have a fun time over there doing them a few shows? Yeah, you know that was a good, especially when I first got to Texas. Um, 
that was they were one of the first few places that gave me a chance uh and being in the nwa especially when i first moved to texas was great because getting to know guys like keith lee jack stain lance hoyt barrett brown like it allowed me to uh, sort of acclimate myself to how things were done down here uh, reinvent myself uh, find that inspiration going forward about who I wanted to be and especially teaming with Keith as the pretty boy killers we really wanted to sort of break some of the traditional stereotypes in wrestling yeah. not just you know for being black males in the sport uh, but just how people perceived you know how we should wrestle how what we should wear um you know that mindset about what a champion looked like yeah. right what a star looked like because when you think about fighting or you think about combat sports just because you're the six foot four guy with abs doesn't mean you're the best fighter <laughs> it doesn't mean true. you're the best performer it doesn't mean you're the you're the biggest star you know, and, yeah. and we've seen that throughout, you know, recent years that um, you can be any size and shape, but what matters is skill. What matters is being the best. Yeah, cool. And um, eventually the two of you made your way towards uh, Ring of Honor. So um, how did that come about, like making your way over to Ring of Honor? And I was imagine you were pretty excited making your way over there. Yeah, you know, that, that was one of my career goals was to be in Ring of Honor and make history, win championships. And when we started, uh, I had been doing dark matches for like a year or two prior. Um, yeah. They kept brewing me back, but people kept saying that I needed something. Um, and every time I, I, I did, I tried to improve upon what they told me. Um, and then teaming with Keith and wearing the suits, uh, Kevin Kelly, who was there at the time, uh, who's with, New, with New Japan Pro Wrestling now, he saw that and sparked an idea in his head, and he was like, oh, I like this here. And so that's how it started. And again, that's all thanks to Ray Rowe being persistent, you know what I mean, and, and really uh, going to bat for us. And then once they gave us our chance, we just ran with it. Um, and I think we were able to open a lot of eyes the way we wrestled, the way we moved, um, and just how we presented ourselves. Cool. And uh, you had some pretty great tag matches and uh, kept chasing that them tag titles. Unfortunately, they never made it your way. And eventually, uh, Keith Lee left and made his way over to the E. Uh, how impressed have you been like of the success he's had over there in NXT and now on the main roster? It's such. Nah. I, I've been so impressed because I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be straight with you, Shane. I didn't really know much of um, Keith Lee before I joined the E. Uh, like I've seen clips of ring of honor and stuff but i never saw much of him and i saw him i thought wow he's a big boy and uh, i'm watching him and once he started going to the ring i'm like okay i like this guy and uh just became a fan of him and uh just so great and now he's on the main roster and he's doing great things so how proud are you of him uh seeing the success he's having over there man i i i couldn't even do it justice right now to be honest i i'm so proud of him so proud of eric for the things that they've done, the, the, the things that they accomplished, the things that we talked about in private conversations, what they wanted to do, the changes that they wanted to make, where they wanted to be, you know, and, and, and watching them be able to do that weekly, you know what yeah. I mean? It's absolutely fantastic. 
Um, I, I couldn't be prouder and happier for the both of them. I want nothing but success for them. Um, man, I, I'm just so proud of them. It's awesome. Awesome. And uh, so obviously that happened and then started a new stable, the uh, Rebellion with Red Titus, um, Caprice and Kenny King. So um, it was a short run, but it was a fun run. So uh, how much did you enjoy your time team with them guys? I, I loved it. You know, what I mean, uh, being able to have three veterans of that caliber who've been a lo- who've been around as long as they have, sort of be able to guide me and help me avoid some of the landmines when you're talking about uh, pro wrestling and politics and other stuff. Like they were able to help me so- sort of right as I was about to step on one. Like, oh no, 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 come over here. You know what I mean? And and really guide me that way. Um, and I, I I still think the rebellion was just a year or two before its time, especially yeah. when you look at the climate of things today and how things are and, and the state of society. That sort of that rebellious attitude of saying we're not going to continue to operate in a, in a system that doesn't work for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was just just slightly ahead of its time. Because I yeah. think if that was something today, right, oh, yeah. then people would be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we talked about uh, Ray already, but uh, War Machine themselves, him and um, the tag partner, which everyone now knows him as Ivar, um, their work in the ring, like, would you say they've been one of the top tags you've worked across? Oh, I mean, without a doubt, they're one of the very best tag teams in the world. Uh, yeah. But we knew that when they were in Ring of Honor, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it only went to show not only, you know, did they win the Ring of Honor tag titles, but then to go off and win the IWGP tag titles, then come back, win the NXT titles, and win damn near every title in the UK. Like, they were on a run where they were winning everything, you know, yeah. and you could you couldn't argue that they weren't one of the very best in the world and deserving of every bit of that, right? And so then to take all of that success, go to the main roster and damn near immediately run roughshod over everybody and win the tag titles there was absolutely great to see. You know what I mean? And to, man, to, to to know Ray, Eric, and Ivar the way I do, especially with him being from Cleveland and knowing yeah. what he went through, knowing some of the nights that we had had to spend, where we had had to spend them and the environment surrounding us, man, to see him where he's at now and as successful as he is, as happy as he is, is absolutely incredible. Awesome. And uh, after Rebellion Split, you uh, started having a few matches with... Uh... Punishment Martinez, which you know, another guy called Damien Priest these days, uh, similar to Keith Lee. Uh, I saw a couple of bits of these things, and then when I saw him come over to be, uh, like I said, another big tall guy, uh, great skill set, and uh, I've become a fan of him. And uh, I would imagine he was pretty great to work with in the ring. Oh, it was awesome, especially because he has that, like myself, he has that combat sports background. So yeah. the thing that me and him were able to do in that ring were a little different than most people because for people that don't know how to fight, you move differently. When you yeah. know how to fight, 
you also move differently, right? So, um, so being in there with him gave us both a chance to showcase our strengths, our agility, uh, fighting backgrounds, and, and things of that sort. So that those were matches that I really enjoyed as well, um, because we got to bring the best out of each other. Cool. And uh, you work with uh, Bubba, Bully Ray, a bit as well. Mm-hmm. He can be a pretty strong character, I think we can say. <laughs> What's it like uh, being around him? Man, it's, it's, he, he is a wealth of knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, and if you are smart enough and are able to get past sort of that exterior, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He is able to teach you things uh, that you never would have thought of, that you never would have taken into consideration because he has that experience, right? Mm. But at at the same time, not everybody's built for that, right? Because he's also (laughs) one of those guys that's going to be a straight shooter, right? So he's going to – and for some, they're going to take that and be upset and, you know, think he's an asshole, right? And – I mean, he'll he'll tell you himself, like, all right, they'd be justified in thinking so, right? But <laughs> if if you're willing and able to be coachable and to look past your personal feelings yeah. about it, mo- more oftentimes than not, he's correct, right? Yeah. And so you have to you have to choose how you move and how you take that advice, right? So. Uh, Business advice, wrestling advice, character advice, things of that, things of that sort. He's helped me tremendously. Uh, yeah, and I, I wish him nothing but success as well, especially with uh, his, his his podcasts and radio shows and things that that, that he does. You know, he's going to keep killing it. Cool. And uh, we meant we well we mentioned uh, Ron Simmons winning the WCW title back in '93, which was a big right. moment for you growing up. And last year we saw. Kobe Kingston at WrestleMania win the WWE title, and uh, mm-hmm. I can only imagine. I, I watched the video, which I would imagine you watch yourself of MVP and the late Shad Gaspard, which it's such a sad right. story. But watching them to watch Kobe like in the band, like tears mm-hmm. in their eyes. Now, what was it like for you? You know, seeing a fellow African American finally win the big one. Uh, I can just uh, so how emotional was it? Man, truly emotional. And I, and again, I think that's something that's so lost in mm. those who run professional wrestling, right? Because most of them see it from a strictly business standpoint, right? We're only going to market to the biggest audience and we're only going to care about the highest profit margins and we're only going to yeah. see things this way. And they don't often take into account, probably because there's not a lot of different people at the decision-making levels to say, hey, we want to provide inspiration. And a moment like that, watching Kofi win that championship, it does so much for everyone there watching it, but specifically and especially for young children of color and even adults of color to find something that you can see that is a positive, that yeah. is good, that it isn't talking about the most destructive aspects of your culture, that isn't talking about, you know, everything you do, you know, 
being a negative, to see something positive, uplifting, and seeing someone achieve something and be successful. That imagery does, is, is, you can't put a price on that. It's incredible. So that's something that I strive personally to achieve is to be able to show everybody like, hey, you don't have to be what they tell you to be, man, woman, child, big, small, skinny. It doesn't matter. Like what matters is your ability to be the best at what you do. There's always going to be people that say, you know, if you look like this, you can't do it. If you're shaped like this, you can't do it. But you know what you can do. And all it takes is you getting that chance to show the world. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you made some history for your own personal life. You became the uh, TV champion in that four-way match. So um, what was it like for you to, you know, become TV champion? I can imagine how proud of yourself. It was like, yeah, I finally got one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah it, it was... It was like the realization of a dream, you know what I mean? To to put in, at that point, I think I was like, is this 2019? Yeah, yeah. 2019. Yeah. It, it, you know, I was 10, 11, 12 years in, you know what I mean? Been grinding for years. Um, and I had heard, right? I had heard from other people that if I wanted to be successful being who I am, that ring of honor wasn't the place to do it right? right that other other places were going to be uh more open to that idea and that there was really you know limits uh for guys like myself and i wanted to be able to be successful but also prove them wrong and go mm-hmm. no the only way to change things is by staying and changing them Nothing ever changes by not talking about it. Nothing ever changes by not addressing it. Nothing ever changes if you're just allowing things to continue the way they are, right? Mm. Um, So I wanted to prove a point and be so good that people had no choice but to say, okay, you're the man, right? So when I won the Ring of Honor Television Championship, I felt as though at that time that was my way of doing that you know uh there would have been some things that i would have loved to change you know what i mean but at the end of the day that that's still something that i achieved uh that i personally feel shows that you can be successful anywhere as long as you're good enough good and uh, you had a pretty good reign and one of my favorite matches over here in the uk your call in london there yeah, my guy, Joe Hendry. I'll be honest, Shane, I think me personally, this is my favourite match I've seen you in. And because um, what he caught after this match, I became a fan of you. And also, Joe Hendry, fellow UK guy. I cheer on my guys. And uh, it was a great It was a great match. And, you know, I, I was behind Joe. I'm like, come on, Joe. And then you won. I was like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, great match. Uh, what's it like coming over to the UK? Uh, do you enjoy it over here? Or is it a bit cold? <laughs> Man, I all right. First, it is it is cold as shit, right? But um, uh, but you know what it is more so than being cold. It's just like things are also like damp all the time. It feels yeah. like so yeah. it's like cold dampness that's like oh, it just gets into your bones. You're like, damn, I can never just get warm. But at the same time, right, the energy you guys have there is electric, and it's so especially when you're not a UK guy, 
it's so yeah. hostile, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. so much energy, and I thrive in that shit, right? I love that, right? So being over here, especially at that match against Joe, it literally felt like it was the entirety of the UK against <laughs> me and my guys, right? So it was like, bring it on. Like, I'll, I'll fight all of you out of here. You know what I mean? Like, that was such a cool moment to just stand there. And before the match even starts, hearing F you, Shane, F you, Shane. Like, they wanted no parts of me in that ring, bro. Like, it was all Joe Hendry, right? And I, I was like, I was in my element, right? So I, I love competing in the UK, whether it's with ROH or with Rev Pro. Or there was IPW at, 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 at the time. There's a ton of places there. I would love to go back when things get back to normal. Yeah. Uh, because things are just absolutely crazy over there. Shout out to uh, Rampage Brown as well, too. You know, he's one of those guys that when we talk about making history, you know, there hasn't been a lot of 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 ethnic world champions especially in the uk yeah. and i yeah. want to say he's maybe the only one i i could definitely be wrong about that but possibly yeah. modern history i think yeah. one of the only ones to lead a company and be the man and yeah i, I just got a hat just hats off to him for that much much respect yeah and he's uh just signed up with wwe uh nxt uk uh which Fantastic. is uh it, it's great for him and you know i've been a fan of his work and it's weird because about two days before he signed for uh, wwe or when he got confirmed i was actually going to message him seeing if he wanted to come on his show and now he's signed on there it's gonna be mission impossible to get him to come on my uh, show yeah. now <laughs> i should have took a chance should have took me a chance when i did but now uh, i i wish him great success shot, baby. Uh, gotta shoot the shot uh, yeah, just too slow. I'm just too slow. But um, hopefully he has great success because he's been the guy who's been doing it for quite a long time as well. And um, yeah, it'd be nice to see him have success. So, And that's the thing, like uh, WWE, NXT UK, it's nice to see, you know, some UK guys like get uh, their names over as well. And I mean, it's not the same thing, but when you mentioned Ron Simmons and Kobe winning the top titles and how great that was for you like African-Americans, like when I see, you know, it's not the same, but, you know, when I see like Drew McIntyre or Nick mm -hmm. Aldis win the titles, for me as a UK fan, like my guy growing up all the time was British Bulldog. And for right. me to see my UK guys, you know, succeed, not the same, but you know what I mean? It builds me up with confidence, like seeing my guys make it. So uh, hopefully yeah, Rampage. It's same, right. It's, it's, it's seeing somebody that you can relate to, somebody yeah. that you see yourself in be successful. Right. And yeah. that inspires something in you, especially, you know, I mean, for, for a long time, there wasn't that representation at the top level for UK guys. Right. Yeah. And I think one of the pioneers that helped usher that in when you talk about guys like William Regal. Right. Yeah. Who have been around forever, taught more about wrestling than most of us will ever know. You know what I mean? And for him to come in and have the longevity that he has. And to be in the positions that he's been in, right? I think that sort of opens doors for other people to go, okay, well, what about this guy and this guy and this guy? And the more and the more success you have, and the more people are able to sort of crack through that, the more opportunities come for people down the line. And you get your Drew McIntyre's, you get, you know, I think he was the first UK that's right, world champion. 
right? Yeah, right. Um, so I mean, like, there you go. That I, I, you have to have those pioneers make the way and open up the doors for the next guys. Cool. And uh, eventually, uh, get a great reign with the TV belt, seven months, but unfortunately lost to Dragon Lee at final battle. So, uh, yeah, uh, I would imagine like the TV title is uh, something you're hoping to regain now that uh, you know Ring of Us back on TV. But obviously, uh, COVID nineteen put a stop to the world. Basically, um, what was it like being told like, right, we're gonna have to stop tapings and things like that, and having to deal with this terrible thing? It must have just been the mental, uh, the toll it takes in your mental well being. I can imagine just horrible. I mean, so the crazy thing was, like, I was actually, we were getting ready to go to Vegas, right? right. I was leaving that morning to go to the airport, and yeah. I packed up, about to walk out the door, and got a text going, hey, did you leave yet? I was like, no. They're like, don't. <laughs> I was like, all right. You know what I mean? And, uh, so things happen the way they did, and it, it's like, you're, you're wondering, like, What's going to happen? Are, are we going to come back? What's going to happen? So, and especially as things unfolded throughout lockdown, sort of the last thing on my mind was wrestling, right? Yeah. Um, and, and then, yeah, your, your mind plays a million tricks on, on, on you because you're not able to do the things and be in the routine that you're normally in, right? So, you know, you, you've got all sort of anxiety that creeps in. And then when we get through all of that and you hear, okay, we're starting again. Now it's a whole new set of pressures yeah. that come. Cause now you're like, man, okay. I, this is the longest layoff I've ever had, you know, yes. coming off. I, I was injured and fighting through that. Um, right. And so now like I've had time to heal, but you really don't get a chance to work out and really get that injury like stronger and where it needs to be. So how is that going to work? Did I forget how to wrestle? You know what I mean? Like if you're like, how to, what's going on but you know one of the very first few matches back and once you get back in there you start to it all comes back to you so yeah uh, being able to be in the ring now and doing what i do uh helps tremendously yeah and yeah shane taylor promotions and i wasn't lying because i have a, i have got it written down <laughs> but uh you moses and uh, jasper shane taylor promotions and the big match uh, this past week on Fight TV for UK fans. That's where they can catch Ring of Honor every week. Uh, you against the Briscoes and the debut in EC3. Uh, great match. Good, great win for you. Uh, so what's it like coming back eventually, uh, finally? And also the big debut of uh, EC3 and you basically being his first target or he's your target, I suppose. <laughs> Listen, man, I, I hate to play spoiler. You know what I mean? Uh, and that, that, that's a lie because I don't hate it at all. I, I, I pretty much enjoy the fact that, you know, there was all this hype surrounding him. He's coming in. Ring of Honor gives him the world. But they made the mistake of putting him in there with me. You see what I'm saying? Like, no, you don't just get to walk in from outside. I don't care how accomplished you are. I don't care how great you are. I don't care where you've been. When you come to Ring of Honor, when you step through those doors, you are walking into my house. I have told yeah. people this. Whether they want to believe it or not, that's the case. And like I told EC3, before you walk in my house, you wipe your feet. You pay your respect to me. He seemed to have an issue with that. 
right? So myself, Khan, Moses, we handled the issue for him. Now, uh, and being in there with the Briscoes, obviously, you know. Uh, so again, uh, obviously being in there with, with the Briscoes, laundry list of accomplishments, 12-time Ring of Honor tag, tag champs, Jay Briscoe, two-time Ring of Honor world champion, former six-man tag team champions, they've done it all. So to be able to be in there with essentially what I feel as though is the gold standard of Ring of Honor yeah. and to come out with a victory against the three against three men of that caliber, I think shows to everybody exactly how great myself, Khan, and Moses are and how um, how formidable Shane Taylor Promotions is going to be going forward. Awesome. Cool. So we're down to the uh, final segment because I know you're a busy man. So it's called that 90s right. wrestling podcast. So I told you before, <laughs> I'm going to ask you some 90s based questions, personality test, and we'll see what we can get from you. So, all right. Up, your favorite 90s movie? Favorite 90s movie? I'm going to say Friday. Was that the oh, 90s? I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> all right. Cool. I love it. Level three, they're just they're just fucking hilarious. <laughs> they really oh, are. Bro. I'm sitting here trying to like. It's so hard to be like, when did this come out? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Terrible with dates. It's always the movies yeah. what confuses people. It's always the movies. Everything else, the fights, always the movies. <laughs> but people, people gives me good answers. People says coming to America. I'm like, fuck it, I'll accept it. I love that movie. Oh, oh one hundred percent. That's if I didn't say Friday, coming to America is my all time favorite. I just can't remember. Like, I want to say that was maybe 80s, but I'm like, I'm trying yeah, to figure out like what it was. Yeah. I think they're making a sequel to it, you know. Uh, and here's the thing uh, about that. I I want it, but at the same time, I don't want it. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because the story was great. We went through the whole, we, we went through the whole ride. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good, the good yeah. guy gets the girl at the end. I don't see how you improve upon that iconic yeah. of a movie. Right, you can yeah. only sort of rehash it, and then it's like, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I just just keep it the way it is. You know what I mean? I just wanted yeah. to be that way. Yeah, go and uh, your favorite nineties uh, TV show. Nineties TV show. I'm gonna go with uh, Nickelodeon Guts. Never seen that one. <laughs> okay, so that was like a game show, right? In right. which kids would. It'd be like red, green, blue, or purple, red, purple, or blue. And yeah. they would go through all these athletic contests and all these obstacles and things. Um, right. And then at the end, they would have to climb this mountain called the Agro Crag, right? right. And if, if, if they got through it and got to the top first, then they won and got a piece of the, got a medal and a piece of the, uh, the mountain and all this stuff. It was a really fun show to watch as, as a kid. Actually, Kenny King, um, He'll kill me if I don't mention this. Kenny King was actually in the video game that they made for, oh, yeah, for the for for the show. He's like a playable character. It's it's wild, oh. bro. Yeah. Wild. And, uh, that's a good segue. Yeah, your favorite nineties uh, video game. I'm I'm gonna say Gus. You know what I mean? Like I, like we're just gonna stick with it. I mean that was a fun game to play, um, yeah. and. Not knowing that I was gonna be, that I was playing with a character that was eventually going to be so influential to me personally is Crazy. just one of the 
crazy surprises in life. You know what I mean? Awesome. And uh, we'll take it to the wrestling. Uh, your favorite 90s wrestler? Favorite 90s wrestler? Ooh. Probably The Undertaker. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, again, just a guy that size, you know, with that sort of aura, his dedication to what he was doing, the way people reacted to him and his ability to do things that defied what somebody like him should be doing was great. You know what I mean? Uh, man, who, who, who didn't try to, you know, roll their eyes in the back of their head and try to be the undertaker? You know what I mean? Cool. Um, what's the favorite 90s uh, tag team? Favorite 90s tag team? Legion of Doom, man. Legion of Doom. I, I remember sitting there with it, my dad, and, and rest in peace to Hawk and Animal now, man. It's, just, it's crazy um, yeah. that they're gone. Um, but I remember sitting there watching them lift with my dad and then hearing the music, oh, what a rush. You know what I mean? You, it gets so hype. You know what I mean? Like, um, So, yeah, they they were killing it. Killing it. Yeah, mate. Me and my kid brother, whenever we used to go to like to the seaside to the beach, uh, they used to always have people used to paint faces, and it was rather oh, Ultimate yeah. Warrior or the Hawk and Animals, so that we oh, would yeah. always be. 100%. 100%. <laughs> cool. uh, last one, your favorite '90s match. This is the toughie. Ooh, favorite '90s match. Damn, there's so many '90s matches that are so good. Yeah, um, it's always a tough one. Probably Taker, Sean, the first Hell in a Cell. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The That's match right, that yeah. they had, the debut of Kane, and then you look and see how all of their, how all of their careers progressed after that, how, they, how all of these characters intersected, and then where they went from that, along with the match itself being iconic. I mean... Yeah. Incredible! So, so many historic moments, so many moments made, so many um, just, just crazy stories being told. You know what I mean? Like in in today's world, you could never tell a story that some guy burned his whole family down, right? But killed all his family. His brother's alive. Somehow came yeah. back for revenge. You know what I mean? And it's not they... like wild. Wow. Yeah, that, even though I love uh, internet wrestling, like Twitter and things like that, at the same thing kind of spoils it. I I do miss the kayfabe, I'll be honest with you, Shane. I really do. But yeah, so that's the last one. So where can everyone find you on their social media? Uh, as always, Twitter and Instagram at Shane216Taylor, Facebook.com slash NotoriousShaneTaylor. If anybody's in the merch buying mood head on over to pro slash shane taylor or head up rohwrestling.com check out the pro shop plenty of great stuff there as well as shane taylor promotions merchandise um just want to thank everybody for listening uh and we'll see you soon cool it's been an absolute pleasure shane i've had such a fun time just you know just yes, shooting sir. it basically it's just such a great time so thanks again for coming on and yeah uh, uh, hopefully we can do this again one day 100%. Thank you, man. And good luck with, with the lockdown, man. I hope everything awesome. works out. Thanks very much. And like I said, do it again. <laughs> Go.
Hey everyone, thanks for listening, hope you enjoyed it. Please don't forget to also head over to our YouTube channel where you can watch all our interviews in video format and catch our top 25 countdowns. And if you could like and subscribe, that'd be even better for us. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at That90s Wrestling Podcast. Till next time, we'll see you then. Bye.